Hey, it's Matt, your friendly neighborhood student pastor here. Welcome to Wednesday night, whenever the podcast that brings you inside our student ministry here at Watson Baptist Church, uh, located in Watson, Louisiana. Hey, thank you for for just uh, being here again with us. Um, This is our uh, Q&A Wednesday week, and so um, this week we have a special guest with us from uh, another another gentleman from our church. Um, He's... Oh, he's great. Like, I can't say enough about him. Um, you know, he's just, guys, it's a man who's full of stories. Like, think of somebody in your life who is just a really good storyteller and has a lot of personal experience and likes to share. And, and this is, and um, and this is basically, you know, who we have uh, for Q&A this week. His name is Mr. John Warren. And, um, and he's a member of our church and I really, uh, it really enjoyed sitting down with him and, and interviewing him and, and hearing about his, his life and, and all the many things that he's done, all the many places he's lived. My goodness. Um, that was really neat to hear. And, and then just, you know, once we got to the meat of it, you know, where, where God really, um, you know, took control of his life and where he gave his life over to to Christ, um, you know, that, that's always, we know, that's always what we love to hear. And, uh, and so I just, you know, my hope, my prayer is that you can, um, come away from this interview, just being encouraged, you know, like, like with all of them, but, um, I'm just going to go ahead and, and turn it over to John Warren. Let's rewind it back to Wednesday night. Yes. We're pretty cool like that. We are pretty cool like that. So, um, but yeah, so so welcome. Thank you for for being here. So um, introduce yourself a bit. Who are you? I'm a retired Navy guy, retired post office worker. Uh, I was an electronics technician uh, for the post office. My Navy job was as a sonar technician. That's the guy that sits at the little scope there and watches the sound go out and come back, pick up the submarines and track them and shoot them with depth charges or torpedoes or hedgehogs as we used to have when I first went in. So that's basically what my job was. It was to defend my ship from the bad guys, which we defended the convoys that we were guarding from the bad guys. And we were called, the ships that I was on were called Greyhounds of the Fleet. And we were called, also referred to as tin can sailors because they built uh, I think 200 and something of these types of ships in like three years or four years. Well, you're getting ahead of your, you're getting ahead of my, my questions. So, um, but it's all good. It's all good. I want to, I want to hear about all of this, but, um, so first, um, I, you kind of said what you did. So you're a retiree, right? Um, what about like in our church setting? What do you, what do you, what have you done or what do you do to serve in our church? Well, let me give you background of my, my salvation experience. Well, that's next. That's after this. Okay. What I do... (laughs) He's he's getting ahead. I'm telling you, he's... Guys, he's got a lot of stories. He's excited to get to them. I can can tell. I, uh... My wife and I came to this church in 2015, so it was already established as a church. We liked the people here. A lot of the people I knew from other churches when I grew up in the area. Uh, So we decided to join and we came here as, as uh, prospective members and was accepted. Uh, I started working with uh, the fifth and sixth grade as a teacher for Sunday school uh, just after 2016 when uh, Ken Dunham uh, 
couldn't take care of it because he had to take care of three flooded houses. I know. I miss Mr. That Ken. Was a miss. I'm, I'm, I talked to him the other day, and he wants to. He's anxious to get back to church, and he would be amazing for for a Q and A yes, one day. So hopefully so we'll get I, there. Uh, I took over his Sunday school class and worked in it for uh, well up until COVID struck, and uh, so I made maybe one or two of you remember me from that class i hope <laughs> but anyway uh when COVID hit we had to disband it and uh then i started having heart problems at that around that time frame um, and i've had several incidences but so i've reduced my presence with the youth and i used to work with the youth and for uh vacation bible school and mm-hmm. for uh, for uh the lockouts that y'all used to have here, so the, lock-ins. The lock-ins. I, yeah, I mean, I, sometimes I do want to lock them out, but but it's usually <laughs> it's usually lock-ins. Lock-ins. So so you you've been in church for for like you know not even ours, but how long have you kind of been in church proper? My, you would say uh, my church experience started in two thousand. I'm sorry, in 1962 when we moved out here. I was. I was 14 years old. Let's yeah okay. Let's get into that. So, um, and, and that's here in Watson. I'm guessing. Where yeah. are you from here originally? No. Where I'm, are you from? Technically, a little bit of everywhere. I was born in Bossier City, just outside of Shreveport, which is puts me as a northern southern boy. I was raised <laughs> in New Orleans because my mom and daddy were having. What do you? So usually the question we ask when we when you say that when somebody says that they're from North. Louisiana, we ask you, well, what do you put in your gumbo? Because that's that's oh. what makes the difference. If it if it ain't got uh, if it ain't got uh, okra and um, uh, I heard an ew by the way. Yeah, <laughs> then, then it ain't it ain't gumbo. So. Amen. <laughs> that's that's funny because I know yeah I mean depending on where you're at where you're from Louisiana you know it's it's what you put in your gumbo. Yeah, I was I was hoping not to hear that. Um, Okay, so you, you grew up in Bossier, and you kind of grew no, up in... No, I grew up in New Orleans, because... Oh, right you're in New Orleans, nice. Right after my sister was born, my mom and daddy started having problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we lived in New Orleans for... Well, until the time I was eight or nine years old, when, when mom and daddy got back together, which is a good thing for, the, for them and us. Mm-hmm. And during that time frame, I lived with my grandparents, and two aunts... And their family and cousins out the gump stump. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> we had, we had a, a, a they had a big family. Okay, so, well, good. So um, okay, so you yeah, you're right. You you grew up all over the place. Um, okay, so how how was growing up for you then? Because I mean, because it's kind of all over. So how how was that? Because um, you know, did you make? Because I'm sure it was hard to make friends and and, and kind of jail like in school and things like that like that. So so how how was that for you? Well, let me put it this way: I was in the third grade in Maplewood, uh, Louisiana, which is just outside of Lake Charles. I was about to say, where the heck is that? Yeah, I've never it's, heard it's of like Maplewood. It's like Watson, you know. It's it's just outside of Lake Charles on the south side, and one of the uh, one of the teachers had to leave the room, and of course they had student monitors. Mm-hmm. And the student monitor got up there, and we were all, the class in general was talking, and I was new to the class, like two or three days. And they were talking and all of this other nonsense. And she stood up there, and she grabbed this safety pin or whatever, and she said, I want it quiet. I want it quiet enough to where I can hear this pin drop. 
<laughs> and I took my metal ruler, and when she dropped that pin, I dropped my metal ruler. <laughs> so right, they knew right away that I was kind of a outside rebel. So you've always been you've always been John Warren. I've all, yeah, I've always been me. If, if you, you know, if you're gonna be if you, Daddy used to tell me if you're gonna be bold, be with a big B. <laughs> so that's what that's what I was. Okay. I, I wasn't rude, obnoxious, or snotty about it, but but I you was, stood out. Yeah. Um, there I you go. Um, okay, so so, did you, did you have a lot of friends? Were you able to kind of made, move it around? I made friends, but there again, when when we moved, I had to go make new friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, we when we moved up to Alaska, um, I was eleven years old, and we moved up there, and we stayed up there for three years, but we didn't stay in the same place. Uh, I spent some time going to school in Anchorage, Alaska, and I spent some time going to school in a place called uh, uh, Buffalo Junction. It's called now called Delta Center. Uh, that's in the, almost in the middle of, uh, of uh, the south part of Alaska up in there. Uh, if you look it up, you'll, you'll see a mountain range called Mount McKinley. Mm-hmm. We're at the foothills of that thing. Wow. That's so, amazing. yeah, we used, and we used to go out hunting and, and piddling around with our shotguns. I wonder we didn't kill ourselves, but <laughs> it, piddling around with our shotguns. We, you know, I was 11, 12, 13 years old, and there was no, no you didn't have to have a license to go hunting. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, rabbits, squirrels, uh, yeah, like moose Box. up there? Oh, yeah. That's what you didn't want to mess with. No, those moose, are terrifying. Moose and bear. Yep. Yep. Moose and... Um, that's amazing. I mean, you literally have been everywhere. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, you know, Alaska is one, one of those places that just... It just sounds adventurous, you know, when you when you hear somebody's... You know, our Pat, you know, Brother John's lived in Alaska, too. And so he's, he's shared some, some cool stories. But that's amazing. So, um, so in all of this, and all of this moving around, so, um, you know, now we get to, to the meat, right? So, what is your testimony like? Where, where, and when in your in your your life did did Christ come in and and and, um, and make an impact? Well, he kind of snuck in on me. He <laughs> uh, wasn't a burning bush. It uh, wasn't uh, a sword coming down from uh, uh, Damascus. Man, I was I was, I was hoping it was the sword thing. I nah, uh, I was 15 years old going to Amy Baptist Church. We've been going there for about a year. We got we moved out here in 19. 19- 62, like I said, so that put me at, at uh, yeah, 14. I, I was about to say, I can't do that math. Put me at 14. So I was, uh, the, uh, we had a big youth group at a meet at the time. I mean, probably 25 or 30 uh, youth. And the church was well established. Uh, it was about the only church that was in the area of the Southern Baptist it's, Church. I think it's I think it's the oldest church it, in this area. It is area. the oldest church in Livingston Parish, yes. I believe so. But uh, we had great teachers. I don't know if any of you remember Leroy Schillings, hmm. but he was my, uh, he was the Sunday school youth director. Yeah. Uh, awesome. And he was, uh, he was, when he was a lot younger, he was, he was something else to contend with. <laughs> Smart as imagine. a whip in the Bible, learned, he learned it forward and backwards. I wish I had his uh, his knowledge in it. I, I'm, I'm good at it, but I learned how to use the books rather than how to memorize the mm-hmm. books. But uh, I, was, I was saved when I was about 
uh, 15, 16 years old. And like I said, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't involved in an accident where I miraculously was saved. It was just a, 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 a Sunday night afternoon. Uh, I, we had a revival going on at that time, and that, that's that was it. I, I just I felt something telling me I needed to get get my life straight, and it hasn't been an easy road. Uh, it's been on and off rough, but. Mm-hmm. No, I'm here now, and I've, I've been uh, I've been an ordained deacon since 1984, 83. So it's before my time. Like before all of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's amazing. I mean, uh, I, I, I think we've heard this several times from certain from different people when they share their testimony about you know they that those revivals, those revival you know type of services where. You know, God really speaks through you know whoever's leading the revival. Um, you know, and and so it, it's it's uh, I say that because you know we hear a lot, but it's still it still counts. Like you know, it's not this this giant you know event or some some crazy t- thing takes place. It you know, but God can can literally move in any in every situation. Um, so that that's always neat. So so yeah, what's um, so since that moment at the age of fifteen, sixteen years old, what has God done since then? Well, he's kept me alive. <laughs> well, uh, hey, that's good. I, I, I say that in all sincerity. Uh, through the skills and knowledge of the people I was associated with on ships, through the yeah, it's, uh, skills yeah. and knowledge of the people I was associated with in the post office, right? Uh, things could have gone south on us real quick, like, and we survived uh, whatever Mother Nature threw at us. So yeah, yeah. Any anything? You know, do you have like any any like faith stories from your your time? Um, well, in the Navy or your your yeah your post. I mean, you've worked for the post we, office. We had we were crossing the uh, the tip of Africa, going from the uh, Pacific side to the uh, Atlantic side. Mm-hmm. And we just happened to hit that point that uh, I think it's Cape of Good Hope. Cape of Good Hope, yeah. We just happened to hit that right. point where they had a Class Four hurricane going through. Now that's and right there at that Cape of Good Hope. I, I believe it, it gets the weather gets really really bad right where the oceans itself, meet. All and, by itself, yeah. it's terrible. But we were we were we hit a Class Four type storm, and. Somebody on the ship forgot to close one of the hatches, and we took what they call a following following wake. And what it is is a wave comes over the back of the ship, and it runs right down the sides of the ship, and it fills up every void it sees. Well, they forgot to close this hatch going to the engineering room, and it just happened to go down the ladderway to the engineering room and hit the aft uh, control panels and circuit breaker points. And it blew all of the blew all of the contactors out, so the ship was now DIW, dead in the water, and we were being tossed and pitched around pretty bad until they got the auxiliaries online. And when the auxiliaries got online, they uh, were able to to get some control, some main, main uh, headway for us, and we were able to crawl our way out of it. It beat us wow. up pretty bad, but we was afraid that we was going to lose the ship because. They couldn't get up there and close that hatch because every time they get somebody up there, a wave would come down and push them back down. Hmm. And the ship was literally filling up full of water from the back and uh, the, the stern area. I don't know if you're familiar with how 
well, most vessels are made. Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody probably, you know. No, Titanic, no, they're built a lot different than the Titanic. <laughs> That's true. There is, there is a main ship, the, what we call a, a, a hull, exterior hull, and then there's an interior hull. And that interior hull has a very flat bottom on it. So there's a void between the interior hull and the main hull. And that was filling up because Ooh. that's it's called a bilge area. And that was filling up bad. And our bilge pumps, once they got them online, was just barely able to keep up with the with the discharge problem. That's so crazy. We, we were able to make it out of there. We had to pull into, uh, we pulled into, uh, uh, what was the name of that port? Uh, I forget the name of the port. It's been a long time, folks, <laughs> 70, 71 or 72. But anyway, we pulled into that port, and we were able to do emergency repairs to uh, get us fixed enough to where we could do the rest of our cruise and go home. That's crazy. And we were heading home, by the way. That's, that's mm -hmm. when you, we were heading to Mayport, Florida, which was our home port. So we just about, we just, you know, and at that time, Believe it or not, I was uh, part of the religious petty officer group. Uh, we, there was a what they call collateral assignment that you volunteered for. And we used to help the chaplains when they come on board the ships for, for services. And I've set up services for, press, uh, for Protestant. Mm -hmm. I've set up service for, for uh, Orthodox Catholics. I've set up service for Greek Orthodox Catholics. I've set up service for regular the the, the Roman, Roman, Catholic. Roman Catholics I've, I've set up services for we had three Quakers on our ship so we set up a, a service for them and that, believe it or not they they don't like people going into the military but they don't stop them <laughs> right so it's that's what we did good um, wow. and we we survived that and it wasn't the fact that we were so good or anything that God gave us the grace it's the fact that we had a well-built ship and a good crew that knew what they were doing. So training, training paid off in that aspect. Well, yeah. good. Well, man, I'm glad. I'm glad God, God rescued you from from that ordeal. I mean, I'm sure a lot of praying was was uh, involved in that. A lot of praying was involved. Um, man, that's that's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for your service. I mean, we we appreciate everything you've done. Um, so I want to get more recent now. What what has God been teaching you lately? You know. Really? Humility, patience. Okay, that's a check for patience. We hear that a lot. Uh, any, any, like any aspects in any? Five years ago, when we lost our oldest son, mm -hmm. he uh, he passed away from uh, extreme medical problems, uh, and if it wasn't for for the fact that I had something to fall back on. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd have fallen apart. Uh, after the services were all over with and I got home, I, I, I was I, I just a bowl of jelly. Uh, yeah. even, but the fact that, that God was able to, to, to give me the strength, to give me the uh, ability to see beyond at that moment, because now he had a wife and two kids and a mother-in-law. Mm -hmm. So it was, it now fell upon me to try and take care of them per se. And I've, I've watched over them fairly diligently uh, mm -hmm. because uh, my mom and daddy raised me to, to take care of family first and take care of community second, or 
and work in the church. And uh, as, as a result, I've, I've been active uh, two times or three times with uh, Elba going out on mission trips. And uh, uh, I worked in very, the other churches that I was in uh, just trying to do general, you know, general work around the church. Right. You come up here and you're going to see me. I'm not, I'm not able to do a lot of things I used to do. They won't let me climb ladders anymore. <laughs> so something if I, good reason. If I get dizzy, I'll fall off. Or something. I mean, I, I said, that's all right. I got a hard head. Besides, it's not the fall that hurts you. It's that sudden stop. Yeah, that that's right. You. That's right. That's why I don't like heights. Um, yeah, so if we, if we break something at the lock-in, he'll probably have to fix it. So don't break anything. Don't break anything. Don't yeah. pull. Don't pull laboratories <laughs> off the wall. Yeah, you're right. Leave my leave the water the, the soap dispensers alone. Yeah, there I you just go. went through and repaired two of two of those. This good, morning. good, good. Um, all right. Well, if if you could go back to a teenage John, what is some advice that you would give him? Pay more attention to your schooling. <laughs> Pay more attention to your, your. Why isn't Brody in here to hear this? Pay more attention to your your uh, your religious upbringing, your religious training. I grew up. My mom and daddy were not active in the church until 1962 when we moved out here. Uh, part of the problem between my mother and daddy was my father was, and I loved him dearly, but he was was basically becoming a, a functional alcoholic, and he he worked for uh, he worked for a. a a company that they worked hard, he had a large crew, and when they completed a job, they partied just as hard as they worked. Mm-hmm. And I can remember sitting in the living room and being told to go to bed at 9 or 10 o'clock at night, and they're sitting around the table drinking beer and whiskey and whatnot and having a, a, you know, having a good time. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that was my lifestyle growing up. And I love my daddy and mama dearly, but uh, uh, we moved out here in 1962, and, and uh, daddy was almost killed in, a, in an accident, and uh, and also he had his one of his knees worked on uh, mm. because it had shattered it years earlier, and daddy said, that's, that, "Oh, that's going to get him killed," so he started going to church, and then he started making us go to church. <laughs> And, you know, there's nothing worse than all of a sudden you, your life is not only uprooted. Right. And then you've got to start going to, to this thing called Sunday school. Uh, what a pain in the neck. <laughs> but it, it was a good pain in the neck. It was something something that the, the, uh, the uh, like an antidote to a, a virus. Yeah. It, it's, it, it helps save you. Uh, it, it, it keeps you founded in... in your, your upbringing and your growth and your 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 ability to be productive for for the society. Good. Well, thank you. No, thank you. I mean, that's that's great information and great advice. Uh, well, thank you so much for for sharing all that. Um, I do want to wrap up now with some rapid fire questions. All right. You can handle it. We'll give it a shot. All right. Rapid fire shot. All right. Uh, books or movies. Books or movies. Well, when I was in the service, it was books. Books. Okay. Was it now? Uh, it's now uh, movies on my little idiot box. Okay, good. You have like a favorite? Favorite? Yeah. Well, if you're going to talk about favorites, it's John Wayne. Uh, yeah. Uh, Clint Eastwood. You know, um, yeah, you no, nothing's 
nothing. No good. country for old men. The uh, country oh. for old men is good, but uh, I watch it one or two times. And, but I've watched John Wayne probably two hundred times. Yeah. I can tell you. I can tell you all the movies he's died in. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um. This is like a seasonal question. I forgot to change it on here. But um, do you have? I don't know. I'm trying to think. What season are we in now? Fall. We're in oh, fall. We have October, October. Okay. Next month. All right. Just around the corner. I know you're 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 diabetic, right? Yeah. But do you have a favorite candy, or did I, or one that you used to you be your favorite? Do you still I, eat candy? I, oh, I still eat candy. Okay. Just don't what do you like? Of, just don't eat as much of it. Uh, what do I like? I like uh, Hershey's Kisses, uh, Twizzlers. Uh, no. Okay. Okay. Stuff that would stuff that would give a five year old a sudden energy boost. There you go. There you go. All right. Uh, Coke or Pepsi? Well, first off, you can't. Coke is the only real soda around. <laughs> Pepsi. Oh, Ooh. Pepsi. Bold. Bold. Pepsi is a is a knockoff. <laughs> Just like Dr. Pepper. Uh, oh, I think you just, yeah, I think you just lost some fans. No, it's made by the Coca-Cola company now, but it wasn't when it first came out. Uh, too much competition with Coca-Cola. Yeah. All right. Uh, favorite hobby? Favorite hobby? Well, I say working around my, my house and, and properties and working on my equipment. Uh, if I had more time, it'd be fishing. Oh, nice. Nice. I like to fish. Um, you have a favorite genre of music? Do you like to listen to music? Well, I don't know if you folks have heard of them, but uh, the Moody Blues, uh, the uh, Animals. Uh, okay. That That's, I, I, hey, I love the blues. I love that, that Americana. I love it. Um, beach or mountains? Oh, now you got me. Beaches for kicking back and watching the waves. Mountains is for climbing and watching the animals uh, at a distance. I'm not a big avid hunter. Uh, I, I will. I have done hunting. Uh, uh, I, I've killed one uh, white-tailed deer uh, in my lifetime. Uh, but I'm not an avid avid hunter. Uh, I like to watch. I more like to watch them than anything. So mm -hmm. what? Uh, whatever you feel like doing. Beach now, I can go out and play in the water and enjoy it all day long. Yes. So I'd say beach. Okay, okay. Uh, have you ever been on a va uh, favorite vacation? You have a favorite yeah, vacation? Yeah, the last one I got back from. Yeah, well, y'all went where? To the Myrtle East Coast, beach. huh? Yeah, we yeah. Very beach. nice. Very nice. Speaking of beaches, okay, cool. I've been there. It, it, it is. It's very nice. Um, what is the coolest place you've ever been? Because you've been everywhere. What? Barcelona, Spain. Barcelona, Spain. The ship. We was over the Indian, uh, the Mediterranean. I'm sorry, in 1973, and the ship set it up. The Navy set it up to where we could have what they call a dependence week, mm -hmm. and your your wife can come out and spend some time with you. And we went to uh, we was in Barcelona when it occurred, and we stayed in a hotel up in a mountain called Hotel Palanya, and you you took a uh, cable, uh, you took a, a tram to get to the station to go get on a uh, funicular which is their cable car neat and you took a cable car from that point all the way up to the top of the mountain where the hotel was and it was just like three minutes walk to the hotel that's so cool. at the station and it was just on the top of this mountain and there's there is a small uh uh 
um, monastery up there, and it had a sacred, uh, the sacred, the Lady of the Sacred Heart, or something along that line, and that's where a lot of the the the, mon the, the monks would hang out, so to speak. Okay, nice. And they they also had a convent up there for the nuns. So oh, yeah, okay. It was it was a neat place to go. And yeah, and yeah. I've seen I've seen pictures of Barcelona. It's it, it was a gorgeous place to to mess around in. So. Very cool. Well, very cool. Well, hopefully, maybe some of us will get to will get to go there. Um, all right. Most important question. Most important question. Why you say it like that, Andrew? Uh, question. It's been like almost two years. Most important question. Would you rather? That, would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or? Ten duck-sized horses, and why? You mean read the question again? You got no, it. I got the question. Fight one horse-sized duck or ten duck-sized horses? Uh, just think of the wings that you would have after you conquered that duck. Ain't <laughs> just kind of in the same kind of. You, you picked a big one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, okay. No. Yeah. All right, you and yeah, Andrew. Just, just, just think of the drumstick, man. You, you can see a whole bunch of them off the drumstick. <laughs> All right. I was thinking of mounting it on the wall. You're thinking of eating it. Hey. <laughs> I was always, I was always the one to eat before I mounted anything. So. There you go. All right, um, we're gonna open it up to student questions. And is any, uh, any y'all have any questions for Mr. John? Yes, sir. Favorite video game? Video game? Oh, let's see. Call of Duty. Uh, I like I like Halo, but I can't nice. I can't get get things to, to, to function on it. <laughs> hey, I got you. Yes, ma'am. You said you worked on ships, the military, and stuff like that. The what? The military on ships, naval. Yeah. Uh, what was your rank? What was well, your rank? My, when I retired after twenty eight years, I was an E eight, and I started out as an E one. So, oh, poor dumb old country boys can make good. <laughs> <laughs> What's an E stand for? Enlisted. Okay. You got enlisted, and, and O stands for officers. Of course, we refer to them as zeros. But. <laughs> <laughs> Any other questions? Hey. Uh, what's your favorite book in the Bible? Favorite, favorite book, book the, on the Bible? Yep. I like Ecclesiastes. Ooh, because you got, you got wow. a, a section in there that says, for every time there's a season... And if you're familiar with that part, it's, you know, there was a musical group out called who? I don't know. The Birds came out with a song that oh, says, turn, 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 turn. Oh, okay. Okay, now I get your Okay, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I was asked one time before the, they came out with that song, I was asked one time when I was going to uh, Eden Baptist Church if I would fill in for the preacher, and that was... My, my biblical verse to pick to to do so. I, I like I like uh, Ecclesiastes. Nice dude, Brody. What's the highest rank for like boat ship? Like you said, e, like you said, E eight. Well, for enlisted, the highest rank is an E ten. For officers, it is O. O nine. Uh, uh, and then once after you do that, you make the, the what they call a retirement rate. And, and three years you have to retire after you make that one rate. So, yes. Nice. nice. Good question. Chloe, do you have your hand up? Uh, I did. Do you have a question? I was going to 
Speak up, baby. What's your favorite gospel? What's your favorite? What's your favorite gospel? My favorite gospel, John, because I can understand it. <laughs> I'm, 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 no, John's a very. It's it's, it's like it's, it's high, high theology. Like it's written in work workman's language. Uh, Matthew wrote it like a like a. a, a Tax collector, because he was. Tax collector, and, and uh, Luke Ridiculous. wrote it like a physician. And uh, John yeah. is John is just it's, it's good. Yeah. Aiden, uh, favorite branch of the military other than Navy. Other than the Navy, it would have to be the Coast Guard. You'd have to, you know. It's all that coming. Let, let's just say I'm water addicted. <laughs> <laughs> any other uh, any other questions, Andrew? I've got two questions, but I'll go ahead and just ask one for right now. Um, for young people growing up today, what would you say is the most important character trait for us to develop as young people? For us to develop as young people, honesty. If you're honest with people, that means that you're you're standing on a belief system that you've been developed to, to and you're growing up into. If you're honest with people, 90% of them are going to be honest with you. And you can always tell somebody who's not by the way they, him and Hall, by mm -hmm. the way they kind of shuffle things around. So yeah. honesty is, it was uh, one of the traits that my mother and daddy instilled in us. Uh, faithfulness, uh, integrity, you know, because honesty, if, you, if you're honest, you're building your integrity. Yeah, uh, honesty is kind of the root of those. Uh, the second question, I guess, is uh, how did you and your wife meet, and do you have any relationship advice, you know, being married many years? Well, <laughs> let's see. We've been married going on this coming December will be 53 years. Wow. Uh, my wife and I met going to college in 1967, going to and from college to Southeastern. There was a bus that Livingston Parish paid for for us to ride to and from. And I was the first character on the bus, and I was the last one off. She was the last one on the bus and the first one off. <laughs> so the thing was, I was I'd get on the bus around five or five fifteen, and in bad weather, cold weather, I'd get on the bus a little earlier and start it up and get the bus to warm up for where Clyde Henderson could get there. And it's all nice and warm, and he he you know he just. Everybody got on a bus that was nice and warm and wasn't 40 degrees below zero type stuff. You know, wasn't freezing. And I always sat in the front seat behind the driver because guess what? That's where that big heater blew. <laughs> and uh, uh, when it first started, we had a couple of guys want me to move. And I, I wasn't moving. No, no. Uh, ain't going to happen. And uh, I would sleep on that seat. And I'd get all sprawled out. My wife and at the time, I didn't know her. Uh, she would be the last one on the bus, and they'd have to wake me up. And I'd wake up, and I'd straighten up, and I'd be sitting there, and all of a sudden, I'm doing this. <laughs> and I'd go to sleep on her shoulder and from, from the east side of Denham Springs to Hammond. I'd sleep the rest of the way on her shoulder, and she wouldn't wouldn't say a word. She... You know what? I could see that. I could definitely well, see I that. Got, about, I got about your if they did destroy it. I got pictures of it. You know, <laughs> one of the guys, uh, uh, Milt, one, Milt took some pictures of it. So yeah. that's so great. What's the most important thing the military's taught you? What well, most important thing military's taught me? 
let's see. Look, look. Uh, uh, obligation to duty. Uh, I'm going to give it give it this way. There is a in the uh, ten general orders. There is one of them says you do not leave your post until you're properly relieved. When we was in Desert Storm, the relief unit that was supposed to relieve us was two hours late. Of course, I was an E7 at the time. I was a chief, and the, the, the guys were complaining about it. Guys and girls were complaining about it. And I, that's, no, 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 no. You just get back to your post and do your job, and we'll get relieved when we get relieved. Well, I got on the radio, and I got a hold of command and, and told command, ask me, where's our relief at? How come they're not here? They're two hours late. And I got this lieutenant commander on the radio tell me, I don't care how late they are. You're going to stay there until you're properly relieved. I said, I know what the general orders serve. I said, I've lived by them for, for 15 or so years by now. I know what they are, and I know what they mean. I just ask them where our release are. If not, can you get somebody to come and relieve some of my people so they can go eat, you know? And he drove up about 25, 30 minutes later, and he thought he was going to come up there and raise uh, hate and discontent with me. And he pulled me off to the side, and he started fussing at me. And I, no, 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 so we're not going to go through this. I know what the general orders are. I know what my job is. You need to understand that. I'm taking care of my people before anything else. And the XO, who just so happened to be at the, the watch site, heard all of this, and he come around the corner that he was at, and he said, that's right, Chief. He says, your, your people are on their way here. They were at a, what they were at a gun range to, to operate their M16s and their 203 grenade launchers and their 9mm pistols, and the bus broke down. Mm. And if he'd have told me that, I'd have been just fine. But he didn't tell us that. He's just going to blow over it. Well, about 40 minutes later, the bus showed up. Of course, they were complaining because they'd missed supper, and we were complaining because we were missing supper. <laughs> so what this what the XO had to, had the cooks do was uh, do uh, 47 plates and send them out to the watch site. <laughs> and so we, we were able to eat. Of course, we were like two hours late, but what the heck. You know? Nice. Uh, and we all got back to the compound and got cleaned up and slept for the rest of the night and got up the next morning and started the whole process all over again. <laughs> That's great. Do you have any advice for people going in the Navy? The, the, I'll give you advice of, in the military in general. The Navy, I can give you a lot of advice. <laughs> don't go searching for water lines. I thought you said don't go chasing waterfalls. Cause... <laughs> don't go chasing waterfalls. Don't go searching for water lines. Because the water line is, all ships in the Navy are painted gray on the top and black on the bottom. Well, where the gray and the black meet, that's called the water line. You ain't going to find it in any stock manual. So don't, if, you, if they tell you to go get the 20, 20 fathom of water line, take off, go to the exchange, go to the commissary, go get you a, an extra meal or something. And then come back and tell them you couldn't find it. <laughs> Good advice. That's what I did. Good advice. Any other questions? Andrew. Uh, did you, uh, while uh, sailing around on the Navy, did you ever find the edge of the world, edge of the map? And uh, did you uh, run into any mermaids? So he's asking if the Earth is flat. Just going to throw that out there. The Earth, 
the earth is of circular configuration. Uh, we, uh, we didn't find the edge of the earth, but we did find several piers. Uh, we had an executive, uh, we had a CEO that became notorious for uh, running our ship into piers uh, three times. <laughs> three times. Great. Uh, whenever we pull into Roosevelt Roads outside the breakwater, we'd have to go DIW and get a pilot to come on board and a tug or two tugs to bring us in. That was humiliating. <laughs> I'm sure. Here you, you're talking about a, a Navy vessel with big five-inch cannons on them, and you got to be towed in to the pier. Not, uh, and everybody's laughing at you. All the other ships coming in, that were watching you come in, they're all standing on their on the side of that ship, just laughing at you, hooting and hollering. So yeah, just like that, they were guffawing us. As well. <laughs> Great. All right, uh, Cora. What's the strangest thing you've seen out on sea? The strangest thing? Uh, a mermaid, Andrew? Yeah, I was hoping he'd say something about mermaids, but I guess he never saw any. Well, the mermaids would hear us coming from sonar and they'd take off. So, <laughs> The strangest thing we've seen out at sea in the Caribbean Ocean, or some people call it Caribbean, uh, in the Caribbean Ocean, <coughs> at dusk or, or nighttime, actually, when you're sailing out there and your sonar is active, you're sending out a sound wave. And this sound wave activates the plankton in the water. And you see this ripple go through the... And it, uh, it's gorgeous. Well, we were sailing with the USS Noah. I was on the USS Power. We were sailing with the USS Noah and they're like a mile away from us. And you could see the silhouette of the Noah because she was all covered with this salt water, this mm -hmm. plankton. And you could see her mast, you could see her, her yard arms, you could see her radar as they rotated. This thing, it, and it looked like a, a phantom ship. Wow. I mean, if you didn't know it was out there to begin with, you'd think that there was a phantom ship on the horizon. <laughs> and we looked the same way to her because we got on the, on the radio, we're talking back and forth to, to, to each other, and we looked the same way to her, <laughs> covered, in, covered in this phosphorus plankton. That's neat. Wow. So, so cool. that, was, that was strange. You had another question? You have, one of, have you fought in any wars? Yeah, yeah. The, my unit, my last unit I was with, was called up for Desert Storm, and we got reported over there in, in uh, February, late February, and didn't come back until four months later, four and a half months later. So yeah, Desert Storm was our war. That's 1991. Most of y'all probably weren't even born in. So wow, never had. I was born. Andrew, you born in 91? No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just mean. I, I, I am. No, I, I, I thought you wanted to, like, just born. Answer the question. That's great. All right, any other questions? Man. Now, as far as going into the Navy, any, any uh, suggestions, be upfront with your recruiters. Don't sign anything unless <laughs> the paperwork says what you want. Yeah. Don't let your recruiter lie to you because... They won't intentionally lie to you, but if they forget to put something down there, they're not going to remind you that they forgot to put it down there. They're going to have you sign the paperwork. And once you sign that paperwork, especially if you're 18 or older, 
you belong to them. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's, that's it. Um, yeah. Good, but good advice. Be honest with them, but make sure that when you look at that contract, that the contract is exactly what you want. Mm. Uh, you don't have a lawyer with you to tell you exactly what it is. So if you want to want a specialized school for like communications, then it's got to be on that contract. Mm. Well, that's good advice. Um, well, I, I thank you so much for everything, you know, everything you shared with us. Um, you know, this is, this was probably one of the ones we had a lot of questions for, you know, this is, um, so I, I just thank you for, for all of it and uh, come back and hang out with us. I might do that just, just to irritate y'all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you. Hey, well, thank you so much for, uh, for listening and taking the time to join us. Um, don't forget to like and share, uh, this podcast wherever you you listen to your podcast at uh, share it with a friend uh, like it subscribe that way you get new episodes uh, when they drop but um, they usually drop every Wednesday but uh, but yeah thank you so much I hope you enjoyed our Q&A session with Mr. John Warren uh, next week we um, we look at evangelism and sharing the gospel which as believers we're all called to do and so we kind of look at some quick points on why we do it and uh and then we actually get practical we get super practical we look at two ways where um two ways how we can we can share the gospel better and without fear so make sure you come back next week for that but you know what for today you are dismissed